And the church said? Amen. Amen. The preacher said, sit down. All right. Good morning. What a week this has been. God is an awesome God, though. You know, this week has been one of those weeks, kind of, I don't know what they would call this, but it's been a, one of those things where you kind of run through all of the aspects of ministry, perhaps. Earlier in the week, I did a funeral service for Ethel Finley's um, brother, uh, Sonny, was able to do that, had three counseling sessions this week. Uh, last night, we finished it off with a beautiful wedding for uh, the McLaurys, and uh, we're just happy for them, of course. And today, we've already had a baptism, and perhaps that's something that you're thinking about doing. You saw us this morning, and if you did and you've never been baptized, we would encourage you to do that. It can make it even a greater day before we leave. Amen? Amen. But one more, actually, if you add to all of that, uh, is the Davis family. This would be, um, we want to we welcome Kevin Davis and his beautiful family over here. Um, his wife, Sherry, along with their two children, Zane and Jolie, they want to place their membership with us today. They're right over here. Give us a little wave. It'd be great. <clears throat> I was just going to let them be seated and everybody else stand up, but that wouldn't work either. Uh, Kevin is the uh, brother of, um, of course, uh, Steve Davis and uh, his, his wife. Uh, of course, they've been members here, and we're, we're blessed to have them as well, Margaret there. But God is an awesome God, and I'm just excited to be all of that. Uh, my wife and I are uh, of also, I would say, that uh, we've had our grandchildren this week from St. Louis. Uh, Bob and Polly Pat are with us today, and their daughter, and, and some kids there that I've never seen. Wow. Time goes by quick. Con- congratulations. <clears throat> Not too much clapping because they're taping this, and they'll think you're clapping because I'm such a good preacher. But go ahead and clap. No, I'm just kidding. But nonetheless, uh, we've had our grandkids this week, and uh, we're headed back to St. Louis after service today, and, um, um, and then we'll be back on Friday, Don, and I'll be back on Friday. So we're excited about all the time we've had with them as well. All right. Uh, happy Father's Day, I should say, to the fathers. You don't get roses, and uh, maybe you got some socks or underwear. I'm not sure which one, but uh, good luck with that, right? Uh, Charlie Brown says to Lucy, I don't know if you read the comics or something, but Charlie Brown says to Lucy, nobody loves me anymore. Nobody even likes me. Everybody hates my guts, Lucy. Do you see that plane up there in the sky, Lucy? Uh, Yes. You see, it's full of people going somewhere else, and that's what I would like to do. I would just like to go somewhere else, somewhere else where nobody knows me, and I can just start afresh, get a brand new start. Lucy, do you think that's a good idea for me to go somewhere where nobody knows me and just get a fresh new start? Of course, Lucy looks at Charlie Brown and says, forget it, Charlie. Forget it, Charlie Brown. Just forget it. Once the people get to know you, you're going to be right back where you started from. (laughs) You know, life moves by pretty fast. Talking about the missionaries' grandchildren with us and haven't seen them. What's their ages, can I ask? Seven and five, so it's been a long time. You look great, by the way. You still look like a teenager. How's that happen? I don't know. But life moves fast, doesn't it? And sometimes, sometimes it's very discouraging. We wish that it wouldn't be. And I'd love to be able to stand up here and say that life, once you become a Christian, you'll never get discouraged again. But we all know different, don't we? We all know better. But today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about encouragement. 
because we can all get discouraged. We can all even receive it, and sometimes we give that. But today I want to give some encouragement, if you will. The deal with discouragement, it can actually be deadly. We see these terrible settings on um, online or whatever it might be, social media, and the bullying that might take place, and some of the young children that just can't take this discouragement, and they actually wind up taking their own life, and, and how sad and how pitiful because of words that penetrated a heart, so much so that it were so discouraged that it felt like nothing was worth living for. That's a sad deal. Discouragement. It is, first of all, you need to know that it's common, it's powerful, it is universal, and it's certainly reoccurring. There is no doubt that it is common, so none of us are left out. It's a common thing that's going to happen, and so we try to instill that. And even this week, through our grandchildren, small they are as well, and trying to instill in them that. You know, Douglas, you can't make every shot. And your brother that's younger than you will not make every shot. Bowling yesterday was quite a trip with our grandkids. I used the little thing that you roll it down and put the bumpers out. But I made a hundred. Hey. But discouraging. It's common. It's powerful. There is no doubt that it's powerful and it's universal. It doesn't discriminate at all. It's just there for us. And it's reoccurring. I'd like to say it goes away, but it doesn't. They say for every one person that encourages you, three people discourage you. So that means we have our work cut out for us. How good are you at encouraging? Perhaps in all of these things, people in life, we get it from all kinds of areas of our lives. A lot of times it's through discouragement, the voice or maybe just the action of someone else, or even the look that someone might give you. Words such as this can penetrate our hearts deeply and can shape us actually for a lifetime. I know this for a fact. You can't do that. This is impossible. You're no good. Can't you do any better than that? Why aren't you like them? You'll never amount to anything. You'll never add up. You'll never change. Why bother? What's wrong with you? Can't you be more like If we were all perfect, it'd be great, but we're not. And so it's easy for us to be discouraged. I mentioned Douglas shooting basketball. We put a little basket out there, a laundry basket. We, we're moving back. And put it out in a chair, and, and he's shooting his little Oklahoma City basketball. He comes in, and he throws the ball down, and he's just mad. I can't do it. I just can't hit the basket anymore. I said, well, how many times have you shot? Eight million. <laughs> and I said, well, maybe you just need to shoot nine million. I could have just simply said, yep, just give up. It's not going to work out for you. But so we went back outside, and I was with him and tapped a few in to make it look good. But he did a pretty good job. You've been there, haven't you? You've seen it, friends and family members, coaches, teachers, people you've looked up to said a word, and it just oof, cut to the bone. 
we can hear those things from the world, and, but we should never hear that from the Christian. And when we do, we ought to check ourselves or somebody ought to poke us a little bit so we can simply say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said it that way. Let's give this a shot. Let's try it this way. Let's see if I can help. We can do better than that, and I'll help you. Makes a difference, doesn't it? I guarantee it does. As we all know, encouragement is vital for relationships. I guarantee you the relationship that you have with the person that you love takes encouragement on both sides. When the encouragement goes away, the relationship begins to die. It's not long before it wilters, and it's not long before there's numbing. It's not long before it's over, whoever that might be. We need it, and God knows that we need it. I love this scripture found in Proverbs 25. A couple of translations here, but I'll just use the last one there. The right word spoken at the right time is as beautiful as gold apples in a silver bowl. That's true, isn't it? Encouragement. It does go a long way. We all like it. I like it just as much as the next person. I don't want you to lie to me, but I like encouragement as well. Fathers, we know the Scripture says, fathers, do not provoke your children. In this case, it says, don't make your children resentful. Meaning that that's what you can do. You can actually make your child resentful. Resentful toward you and others and people around all over the place. And that can happen in our lives. In other words, encourage them in what they do and what you do. You know, your encouragement is not just for them on the ball field and at school and all the other activities they, they might do, but their encouragement is what you do. How it is that you handle yourself. Oh, because ears listen. Oh, we may think because the door is closed that they don't hear, but they do hear. And it shapes them. And it shapes them quickly. We encourage them again on the ball field and at school and at work and all those things as we should. We should also encourage them in their Christian walk. Encouraging them and, and showing them the example and giving them an example of even what we saw today here with the communion time and giving that example and, and, and handing that down. And this is who we are. This is what we are. And this is why we are. That's important for all of us. Someone once said, flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you, but encourage me and I will never forget you. You know that person, don't you? Maybe it was a coach, maybe it was a teacher's mom, dad, aunt, uncle, some friend. Somewhere down the line, you can pick out that one person that encouraged you or people, individuals that encouraged you. Anybody here encouraged by somebody in your life that you can think of them and nothing but good goes through your heart? Give a hand up. Give a hand up. It's okay in church. And if two of them did it, put two hands up. You know who that is. And God has called us to be that for them. Now, you know my stories, all million of them. And, and so, but, but let me tell you just one more about Mr. Morris, my fifth grade teacher. Great impact in my life. What a blessing in my life. And I wish he was still around. I wish I knew that he was still living and, and all those things so I might be able to tell him. If he's in heaven, I hope he hears this today. Mr. Morris, fifth grade teacher. 
You know, I have dyslexia, and so when I was growing up, I just thought I was dumb and, and kind of threw in with dumb, if we would say dumb kids, maybe in the time, not a good term to use, but we kind of did that. Just slow and always backward in that and read very well. And if you don't read very well, you can't keep up. You know how it is. Some of you may have been there. Good thing I was good at sports because if not, I'd have been sunk for sure. But nonetheless, I remember, you remember if you're 55 or older, and if you're younger than that, you don't even know what I'm talking about. If you're 55 or older, you remember back in school, the reel-to-reel movies? Those were awesome, weren't they? When the teacher rolled one of those in the room, you knew it was going to be a good day, especially a kid with dyslexia, I'll tell you that. And so one day, I'll never forget, after this movie, he would always ask questions. Mr. Morris was really good about that, asking questions, pulling things out of us. And I remember he stood at the front of the class one day, and he said something to the effect of this. Boys and girls, I just want to tell you that everybody learns differently. And he said, that's okay. We're all different, and so we all learn differently. He said, you take Lloyd back there. That's me, Lloyd. I wasn't named Harley then, and so it was Lloyd. Take Lloyd back there. He doesn't always score very high on his test. Oh, one more teacher going to just put me down, but he didn't stop. Mr. Morris said, you know, but you know, do you ever notice when we do these movies and I ask questions afterwards, do you know who always has their hand up almost always first and almost gets them always right? That would be Lloyd right back there. Awesome. And I remember him going by, and I'll never forget it, going by and putting his hand on my shoulder and saying something again to the effect of, you keep it up, Lloyd, you're doing a good job. Encouragement goes a long way, let me tell you. I'm 62 years old tomorrow, and that little encouragement still rings through my spirit today. Thank you, Mr. Morris. All of us know in Scripture a man that was an encourager of course, he was given the name Barnabas. It wasn't his name. Disciples decided to call him Barnabas. And they decided to call him Barnabas for a reason. Because he was just that. His name simply meant, and when they said it out, everyone knew. See, we, they didn't hear Barnabas. They heard, son of encouragers coming our way. Did you ever have an encourager? And when they walked through the door, you knew you were going to be blessed by encouragement in your life. Just those certain people. Did you ever have one walk through the door? When they walked through, you knew what was coming is going to be the opposite of that? What would you do? <clears throat> uh, looking at the menu here today, uh, what's on this can of sweet potatoes? What's the main ingredient? Uh, okay. Whew. Got through another one, right? It's kind of what happens in our lives. Well, Barnabas was this, this encourager. We don't know a lot about him. He's just mentioned here and there and here and there and here and there. But we know one thing for sure. He's labeled an encourager. I believe with all of my heart, Christians, all Christians, all, not some, not a few, all should be encouragers. Every single one of us. Why? Because we are new creations. We are in Christ Jesus, and Christ Jesus is the greatest encourager of all. And if we are to reflect him, we 
are called to encourage. Man, what a nickname he had, huh? I love that one. All right, so today I'm going to give you two things, two things that real encouragers do. Find out how you're doing on the list. Two things that real encouragers do. I was going to give you three, but I wanted to prove to Jim Gibson that I could do a lesson with two points. <laughs> and really, it's one and a half, and if you take away the half, it's only one. And if I wouldn't talk so much, it would already be over and we go eat, but I'm not finished. All right, so let me give you two things that encouragers do. See, how, see where you're at on the list. Number one, encouragers give freely of what they have. Always remember that. If you want to be an encourager, you have to give freely of what you have, not what you don't have. This is a mistake that many people do. Parents do this as well. Grandparents do it as well. We try to give what we don't have. And so we chase what we don't have. And actually what we do is we lose what we do have. You have to be careful because if your focus is wrong, you'll deliver it wrong. You can have all the greatest intentions. If I can just make more, I can give more, and everybody in my family is going to be happy. You've heard that before. In Romans chapter 12, and this is God's Word translation. Read it in NIV, but I love this one, and I put it in there this week. If it's encouraging others, devote yourself to giving encouragement. If it's sharing, be generous. If it's leadership, lead enthusiastically. If it is helping people in need, help them cheerfully. Did you see that? This is a good verse for all of us just to take in and soak it up because he's saying, encourage. Be an encourager. Be devoted to encouraging people. Be determined in your mind that you're going to be the encourager. That when you leave the room, people are saying, wow. That person always encourages people. They always find a way to say something that encourages somebody. What a blessing. And then it says, sharing, be generous. Be generous. Don't be stingy. Just be generous. Leadership, do it enthusiastically. Yes, I get to serve God in this manner. I get to. I don't have to. I get to. Big difference. I get to play ball. Setting my grandson down again. Listen, son, you can't always bowl a strike. I know, but Papa, I just want to, you know. I, no, you want to bowl a 300 game. Actually, he'd like to bowl a 400 game somehow. But, but son, l listen to me. I, I know, I know, he'll pull his hat down. And, and, and you, maybe you have one like that. I mean, he, he's really driven to be a perfectionist. And he has to learn through that process as well. Son, you know there's little boys and girls that never bowled in their life. Never had a chance. don't even know what a bowling ball is. There's little boys and girls that are born with ha without hands or legs that can walk down that aisle and throw that ball. So let's just do the best we can, and it'll be okay. And then he goes over to Nina and gets a hug, and then he rolls again. That's what we're to be. Try to instill that. Our time and our money spent on our children is extremely important. In fact, there are two keys that will tell you where your focus is, where your priorities are in life, where you spend your time and where you spend your money. 
You let me look at those two things in your life, show me where you spend your money, show me where you spend your time, and I will show you your priority every time. And it takes about that long. It really does. The time more so than money. The money thing is not just cash. We think that sometimes. The team might tell you different that wants that $1,000 iPhone. But it is time more than money. It's the sacrifice, maybe it's the sacrifice of making a decision to spend less time at work, overtime if you will, or a different job because I'm spending more time with my family. Yeah, but I want to do this and I want to do that. Yeah, but you know what they want? They want a dad. They want a mom. And if there's anything that our world needs today is a dad and a mom. We need that in our lives. In the end, they will see the value has truly outweighed the money. Many of us in this room grew up with not a lot, maybe even poor. But we had a lot of things. We had joy and happiness on my family. We didn't have things. My mom and dad didn't leave me wealth, but they left me wealth. So some would say, well, you know, this was what, it's important. I'm not saying those things aren't important. But listen, it's important this is. The greatest blessing you leave your children is not material blessings. It's spiritual blessings. And you're looking at one rich dude because of my parents. And I love them for it. Someone put it like this, the end uh, number one here. But someone put it like this. If you were given $86,400 a day, what would you do with it? $86,400 a day. But there's a little caveat there, which just simply is that you can't roll it over, you can't save it, you can't bank it up, you can't do anything. You have to spend it or it's gone. $86,400 a day. What would you do with it? What would you do with it? Spend it however you chose. Correct? Well, listen to this. You have 86,400 seconds in every single day. Somewhere in those seconds, are you giving away encouragement? You have an opportunity. It's up to you. It's left up to you, whether it's good or bad, happy or sad, ins, outs, whatever it is, attitude, whatever it is, you give that out every single day. How you doing with that? How you doing with that? Be an encourager. Give freely. Give it often. For on our journey together, we surely need it. Because we all have moments when we hit a bump in the road and we need somebody to come alongside of us and just encourage us just a little bit. Someone perhaps is not here today. Someone is sitting close to where they're not sitting there today where they normally are. Vacations are here, and we know that, and crowds are going to be down, we know that. But you know what? If they're not here, take time to just call them and say, I just want to say I missed you. Oh, we're in Florida. Well, enjoy the sun. Bring me back some beach or something, right? I just want to encourage you a little bit. Because you see, when people start going to church, they normally stop the first week. And if they get encouraged, they might come back. But if it goes too long, they feel no one cares like Charlie Brown.
encouragement. Number two, encouragers accept you where you are, not where you think they ought to be. We all have troubles with this. I know I have in my life. But good teachers and good coaches do this all the time. They accept the child or the student or the player where they are. And then remember the past three weeks, the past two weeks, we've been taught, we talked about that potential. And in that midst of that, they understand, they accept the student where they are, and they then help sift that, all that other stuff through so they can raise that potential to the level in which it's capable of rising to. And that's important. And you do that by accepting them where they are. You don't do algebra before you learn 2 plus 2. There's a reason. They might get there, they might not, but encourage them where they are. That's what separates the good ones and the bad ones. The ones that know that it's more than just a paycheck. They realize it's an opportunity. And I want to thank all you teachers and coaches. And I'm sure do a superb job. And I'm sure all of you know ones that do not. In Acts chapter 9, Paul's conversion takes place, of course. And in this process, everything seems to be going good and so until... I don't know if it's jealousy, I don't, I, I don't really know all the ins and outs of it, but there's some competition. There's always competition in our lives. And so the scripture says there in Acts chapter 9, when they came to Jerusalem, he tried, this is Paul, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. Now, you can be fearful for many reasons. You can be afraid of what they might take away from you or what they might do to you. So perhaps it was a little bit of both. But they were afraid, no doubt, because they knew what he, his past was. His past was persecuting people like them, even having them put to death, people like them. And so they were a little leery when he comes riding into town and says, Hey, fellas, just came here to join with you to preach a little bit. <laughs> not me. You're not hanging out with me. You're not going to be my best friend. Then we know what takes place. But Barnabas took him. Here's O son of encourager. Son of encourager took him and brought him before the apostles. Do you imagine what the apostles were thinking when Barnabas was bringing them? It may have been, oh boy, here comes Barnabas. Who's that guy with Barnabas? I can't believe he's hanging out with a guy like that. And Barnabas does what? He told them how Saul, which is now Paul, on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. In other words, he accepted him where he was and what he's asking all the other guys to do exactly the same. Notice the one that brings them. Barnabas isn't a disciple. He's just a servant of the Lord. Don't ever think that you can't make a difference in somebody's life through encouragement. Listen, dads, all of our children are not like each other. And all of them will not grow up to be superstars on the field or have degrees hanging in the wall. You have to come to grips with that's okay in your life. 
Yes, encourage them to be all they can do, bring that potential as high as it can get, but then it's actually left up to them. There comes a point when it's their decisions. So my encouragement is accepting your children because I know I had this problem with my son for the longest of time. I didn't have an adult conversation with my son, an adult conversation. He's still my son, and I still find myself slipping back. And some of you that have, are parents of your children are grown, you, have a, you slip back into that father thing instead of the adult thing. Anybody but me? 27 years old, and I realized when we were talking, we were actually having an adult conversation. And I was like, wow, that was pretty good. And it was because I finally woke up from my nap. But we have to understand that, accepting your child for who they are. Encourage them. And listen to this. Encourage them to be all that they can be, not all that you thought you were. Because oftentimes what we do, <laughs> we missed out on something and we want to make sure, doggone it, we're going to make sure they don't miss out on it. Anybody? Yeah. Got a couple truth tellers here today. Some dads have grown children that didn't turn out to be superstars. They hoped for in life. We all want our kid to be Michael Jordan. Who's your favorite golfer? Tell me. Who? Tiger Woods. That's something to inspire to in many ways. Right? You want to be able to do that, and that's that, that's that thing. You want that. You want that. Go for it. Shoot for it. Work hard. It's what he did to get there. No matter what all that other stuff was, he worked hard at that. There is no doubt about it. None. But letting it go, and just enjoying having them as adults. They are adults now. They are who they are. Love them and encourage them, but remember you are an adult and so are they. That doesn't mean we join in with them if they're in the midst of something in life that is not right with God. We let them know that as an adult. But you're an adult. You decide. And I love you. Barnabas went to bat for Paul, as we saw in that verse. Encouragers have a wonderful ability to let the past be the past and start afresh. All he's doing is asking the guys to do the same. That's who he was. It's not who he is. Dude, you don't understand, man. This is one of Jesus's followers. He's powerful. Just listen to him speak one time. He might change your mind. Encourage your children. It'll, be, it'll bring peace to you and blessings to them. Someone once said it like this. Encouragement is like a beautiful sunrise. Its rays penetrate the new day and warm the world around us. But discouragement. Discouragement is like a funnel cloud and its results can be devastating. Keep in mind Colossians 3.21. Listen, folks, aren't you glad as we close out here? Aren't you glad that we don't read in this book the Word of God where it says, just give up? Aren't you glad there's not a chapter in there that Jesus was saying, dudes, just forget it. You're not going to get it. You never will get it. You're not worth it. I'm just leaving this place. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that he didn't say, you're not worth it. Why didn't you be like him? Why couldn't you do this? Why couldn't you do it better than that? Why didn't you do this? And so on and so on and so on. Aren't you glad that Jesus never did that? But we know what Jesus did. 
and he knew exactly where we were. Romans chapter 15, watch this. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. To be taught, you have to be prepared to learn. So the teacher tells their students, students, pay attention. It's going to be on test. Pay attention. This is really important. And here he says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement, now watch, he's going to give us something here, of the scriptures we might have hope. Give me an amen. amen. Now watch. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement, God gives you the strength to endure the discouragement and it turns around and gives encouragement. Tell me my God is not an awesome God. He is an awesome God. And then he goes on to say, give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart and one mouth you may glorify the God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. In order to bring praise to God, our unity isn't in a cross hanging on a, a building, stained glass, how many songs we sing, when we take communion, and all those things. Our unity is in one thing, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's it. There's where our unity comes. It comes through Christ and Christ alone. We are on a journey together, there is no doubt. We all have likes and we have dislikes, and that'll continue to happen. But when we are united in Christ Jesus, it brings God glory. Give me an amen. For Scripture says, here's just a collage of Scripture. I'm not going to throw them up just for you. Think about this real quick. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Encouragement. In Christ, you can do all things. Encouragement. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Encouragement. You were bought with a price, and you are worth nothing less than the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Encouragement. You are my children, and Satan cannot snatch you out of my hand. Encouragement. Your past can be forgiven. Your sins can be removed. Your life can be changed. And when this life is over, the grave will not hold you, and I will give you eternal life. Encouragement. I will never fail you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You are co-heirs with my son Christ. You are an overcomer. He is the cornerstone. He is your rock. He is your redeemer. If that doesn't encourage you, I don't think anything in this world ever will. But that's how good our God is. May God bless you and may we all know the truth about encouragement in our lives and the importance of it. And instill, instill that into each other and to our children and those that follow so that they will know as well. I want to encourage you today, just as Lauren was baptized this morning, what a beautiful, beautiful day. And I want to encourage you, if you've never been baptized, to consider that. To consider that you can have all your sins washed away. And your name can be written in that Lamb's book of life. Oh, you can leave here today lost or saved. 
But I'm telling you, you can leave today saved. I want to encourage you. Or maybe today you have a prayer request. It's a hurt, it's a pain, it's deep. Maybe it's something that you're just praising God for. We want to encourage you as well. That's why we sing. It's not in Scripture. Hey, at the end of the service, make sure you sing one song and there. No. We do that to encourage you. It's a time we sing a song. And during the singing of this song, if God has placed it on your heart, your spirit, to be moved for baptism or for just a prayer or a prayer request or a, 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 whatever is going on in your life, I promise you this, others will come. And the reason why they will come is to encourage you, to pray with you and encourage you. So don't go away discouraged. Go away encouraged. May God bless you. Whatever your need is, you come together as we stand and sing.